This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. This morning we'll pick up the Heavenly Authority series as we come to the conclusion of the section on David's numbering of Israel. Uh, we'll be looking in 2 Samuel chapter 24, and we will also be looking at the parallel section in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. Let me reread uh, chapter 21, 1 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 7. And God was displeased, literally it was evil in the eyes of God. He was displeased with this thing, therefore he struck Israel. And we have spoken in detail, I won't go over it again, about the census that David took, the numbering of the people of Israel and Judah, how he did it without the right motives, and he did it without the prescribed method of the scripture. And so it's sin. And God is angry that David has done this thing. And then we read in verse 8, So David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. We saw how Satan was able to play on the fear in David's heart. How many are there of Israel versus how many there are of his people, his kinsmen in Judah? And that fear led to the sin of the census. But there is something else in David's heart. There is a sensitive, Holy Spirit convicted conscience. And once he sinned, once he's had time to stop, to think, to ponder, once again we see that David admits. He faces up to his sin. He repents. He confesses. And he shows once again why he is called a man after God's own heart. We all sin. The question is, what do we do once we're face to face with the sin? Notice here, David doesn't try to cover it over as before, right? In the account of Bathsheba, he tried to deny, he tried to cover over. He's gone beyond that. Once he acknowledges the sin, he acknowledges it full force. And he says, I have sinned, I have sinned greatly, for I have done very foolishly. He understood what he did was very foolish and evil in the sight of God. And there will be consequences for it. Let's look at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 10. And David's heart condemned him. If we are truly of the Lord, when we fall, when we stumble, when we sin, 
our conscience, our hearts should condemn us. Otherwise, we're not God's children. That's the way God places inside of us. Even in unbelievers, he will place inside of them a conscience to respond to say, I should have done that. That was wrong. His heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray, O Lord, take away, take away the iniquity, take away the sin of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now when David arose in the morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, thus says the Lord. Before, in the case of the sin with Bathsheba, Nathan was the prophet that God used to bring his word of rebuke to David. And now we see it's Gad, and Gad is called the seer. A seer means a beholder in visions. In 1 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 9, we read, Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer, a beholder in visions. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29, at the end of the book, in verse 29, it says, Now the acts of King David, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of Gad the seer, with all his reign and his might, and the events that happened to him, to Israel, and to all the kingdoms of the lands. So we know from First Chronicles that the writings of Samuel and Nathan and the Gad make up much of what we have in First and Second Samuel. God hears David's request for mercy, his request for forgiveness. And in response, he sends this seer, this prophet Gad, to give David a message of punishment. And what is being done here with Nathan and with Gad in coming to the king sets a pattern throughout the entire Old Testament that will follow of the prophet, the seer, as a double check upon the power of the king. How when the kings would do wrong in Judah, in Israel, God would raise up prophets to come and confront them and give them the word of the Lord that they would repent or that they would have the opportunity to repent that Israel might be saved. And those in authority need the word of the Lord as a check, as a balance on their position. That's the problem in taking God out of any discussion of public policy. In our country, when we have an issue, we like to talk about it in secular terms. And many times, uh, those that bring religion up, that bring up the word of God, are criticized for bringing God into the picture. But the Lord, the scriptures, his way is a double check on those in authority, on those in power. And when we try to make laws that govern, when we try to give different institutions power apart from a discussion of what God desires from his people, 
apart from a discussion of what's right and wrong according to the scriptures, we're in trouble because the word of God is a double check on authority. And you can also see the problem then in the church if there is no longer an utterance from God. Now, obviously, we have the logos, the word of God, as a double check. We have the scriptures. But sometimes in some situations, we need a direct utterance, a word from God. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27, the Apostle Paul writes, he says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles. And the apostles had the ministry of the word of God. They were responsible for bringing the word to the people and teaching the foundations of the faith to the people and to the nations to be sent out to preach the good news. Second, the prophets. There needed to be prophets in the church to bring forth the word of the Lord, the utterance of God. Second, importantly in the church, were the prophets. The need for prophets to bring forth the utterance of God, even for the church, even for the church that would have all the Old Testament, even for the church that had the Gospels, even for the church that had the letters from Paul. The need to have that utterance and the importance of prophecy as a double check. A double check on the leaders, the pastors, the teachers. And there's a difficulty in the church when the gift of prophecy goes away. We need the Gads and the Nathans as a double check to the Davids. And so Gad brings this message to David, and it's a sad message. It's a message of punishment in 2 Samuel 24, verse 12. Go and tell David, thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. A punishment that God will inflict upon David. Verse 13 so Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? You see here the land is acknowledged to be under the authority of David. Seven years of famine. If you have a Septuagint or a translation based upon the Septuagint, it will say three years of famine. Or, second thing, shall you flee three months before your enemies, while they pursue you. Third, or shall there be three days plague in your land? So three years famine, three months of fleeing before the enemies while they pursue David, or three days of plague in the land. And three days sounds shorter, but in three days a lot of people can be killed in a plague. Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. Now consider. Gad tells him, consider. Consider these three possibilities, these three punishments, and tell me what I should bring back. Now before in the case of Uriah the Hittite with Bathsheba, God pronounced his punishment directly. He just told 
through Nathan what would happen to David and his family. So why here with Gad is he making David make this terrible choice, this agonizing choice? You know, famine, years of famine, being chased by the enemy, the enemy sword, three days of plague on the land. It almost seems mean, right? It almost seems cruel that God is saying, you have to choose the punishment, the punishment for your sin, David. The principle to our authority series from this section is this. There is an awesome, an awesome responsibility in leadership. We give thanks to the Lord that you were able to spend the last quarter of an hour with us as we studied God's holy word and trust that it was a help and a blessing to you. It would be a blessing to us here at Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle to receive your words of encouragement, or if you feel led of the Lord, a gift of support. If you would like to write to us or send a donation, our address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Once again, that address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us again for our next broadcast of Shear Jeshub.